Greetings, peasants. I mean, hello, brave warriors, noble adventurers, and devious dungeon masters. Welcome back to the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim, your dungeon master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. And it's an especially heartfelt thank you, because at this point, we have been putting out episodes for one year, and I am really thrilled that anyone at all in the past 12 months has enjoyed this podcast, because when we were starting, I had no idea if anybody would. And it's very time-consuming to do this, and maybe something that doesn't always come across is that uh, recording it definitely impacts the way that we as a group play. And there have been times over the past 12 months where I have really contemplated whether or not it was worth all the time and energy put into it. But whenever I had those feelings, they were immediately put aside when I would get any sort of positive comment or feedback from you wonderful people. So to anyone who has taken the few minutes out of their day to like leave a comment or a rating or review or you're just listening along, I really do want you to know that your support does not go unnoticed. Also, I want to say congratulations to the winner of our Ghost of Saltmarsh giveaway, whoever that happens to be. I'm recording this a few days ahead of when we actually announce it, so I don't know who it is yet. But to whoever wins, congratulations. The gods of random chance and luck have ruled in your favor. And I do want to definitely say thank you to everybody who entered I also want to say thank you to the round table. I know that many of our listeners are spread out all over the place. But if you happen to find yourself in Ontario, and in the Kitchener-Waterloo area specifically, you should check out the round table. They're a board game pub, and the amount of swords that they have on their wall is impressive. So needless to say, you wouldn't want to be in there if a bar fight broke out. Or maybe you would, because, I mean, the weapons are just readily available, and it would be the coolest bar fight in history. Also, probably the one with the most severed limbs, but uh, but definitely check them out if you are in the Waterloo area. There's another roundtable in Guelph, and that's actually where I got my Boulder D20, so if you're in Guelph, you can check them out too. Okay, I think that's enough of me talking. Let's go ahead and get into our episodes, and we are putting out two episodes today, episodes 26 and 27. Let's rejoin Candace, Katie, Matt, and Tom, otherwise known as Fiance, Vanna, Spruce Lee, and Gilladob Fabblestabble. Last time we met, you arrived in Boldbrook, sent the wizards from the academy and teller, the seer, on their way to Tall Hill in the safe company of a merchant caravan. You met with the captain of the Paladin Guard, Victor Woodstride, at the Wandering Jester, an inn in Lower Boldbrook, even though most paladins and clerics stay in the more well-to-do Upper Boldbrook. You discussed the ethics of disturbing Dragonbone if it meant curing new life, and there was the suggestion, I think via an insight check, that he may know of someone who could, who could make an attempt to cure uh, new life. At the end of... Our last session, you were being escorted to the temple to meet Dane Rubii, the high cleric of the Temple of Bahamut and the de facto leader of the entire city. And presumably you're going to ask him for his help 
in some fashion? You think he might want be amenable to helping you because he's loyal to Kalira? The temple's loyal to Kalira? Right. Right. I think we pretty much just used his, that as an excuse to get through the gate. And then we're like, okay, <laughs> let's just run over this for now. Like, we have no contacts. We're new to the city. It's what got us through the door. Oh, wait. There is someone who's going to be contacting us within the city. Did you say that, that I missed out? Martin or someone had a contact within the city that you mentioned was going to be in contact with us. That will happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Presumably. I think you had decided you were going to wait or there's some sort of thieves camp thing. We weren't sure if you were looking for her. I was actually listening to the episode earlier today and I did mention that. But Martin had just said... He'll contact me if he if you know something came up because I think um, he used to have more active contacts and that's kind of diminished of late. So it's it's probably a, if he can find someone who responds back and isn't dead yet. But there was no, no there was a specific name. Yeah. He actually got it down to the point that some girl was going to be contacting some okay. woman. Marigold. Yeah, marigold. Oh. I remember there was a weird flower. <laughs> I mean, a really pretty flower for everyone named Marigold out there. <laughs> Marigold Swiftvale, a female halfling. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. Can you kindly bring me up to speed again on on what <laughs> what uh, what your general aim is from this meeting with the High Cleric? Like your end goal being Dragonbone and having it. I think also to like touch base on what was happening in the city like to i guess we were going to talk about how we weren't sure where she was anymore were we not going to talk about that oh clear yeah we talked about maybe keeping that close Mm. to the vest but i wasn't sure if we were going to talk to them say only as much as we have to but it is a fair point yeah what we don't know like how we're going to go about getting the dragon bone well that was kind of why we wanted to talk to him essentially right was to um First of all, present ourselves as, well, as we are in that we're loyal to Kalira, and we know that he is as well. Um, even going, we could go so far as to say, like, that there is a... A, um, a secret alliance that's working well, towards... we don't need to say that much, but that there is a, a um, rebellion, essentially, that of, of people for Kalira that is building strength in Pharaoh's point right now. Um, we don't need to say anything about the secret alliance necessarily. That's more where I was getting at, because the rebellion. Mm-hmm. I was just saying there was like a, there's a group, a sect of people or a factor yeah. of people. Because I mean, the Warriors Alliance and the Fathoms Fighters, more or less, are, if nothing else, they're against the Dragonborn. So mm-hmm. it's sort of a, you know, the friend of, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. So we could say there is this rebellion growing um, and we are strongly involved in it, but we need this thing. Yeah. We've been yeah. set on a task and we have things to collect mm-hmm. and we're hoping for your help. Mm-hmm. Now this guy, when we spoke with Victor, we gave him fake names, right? <laughs> so he still thinks we're named after our fake names. So oh, yeah. we're going to have to come clean mine. at some point. We, we don't have any oh, idea yeah, our we own didn't fake names are. We never okay. actually came up with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think we'd said that we would be honest when we got to this point, mm-hmm. that we wanted to make sure that we we weren't doing it around ears that were. Yeah, because that was like out in public. Yeah. 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 That we, I think we should also just make it known that we're wanted because only by the dragonborn. Right. Yeah. So we are on the run from them. 
we have to keep the reason. The only reason we've had deception was because we are on the run. Mm -hmm. We did not want to lie to you, but there are ears everywhere that work Mm -hmm. for the Dragonborn. And we know that. And we want to make sure that. I guess that's a good point towards like, uh, even aside from what we, what our final decision is for how we get the Dragonborn. Like this guy's a contact to help us with resources, like in the town, most likely ally to help us like, yeah, not be seen. I forget that we're not wanted. <laughs> I mean, I'm always wanted. I'm Faye, but... Yeah, in a, in a, a different kind of, kind of wanted, yeah. <laughs> mm. And just to clarify in my own mind, the guy we met in the tavern last... Victor? Victor, yeah. Oh, so good. I'm so bad with names. Uh, that I literally just said his name uh, it doesn't like matter. 18 seconds ago. <laughs> if someone can introduce themselves to me 18 seconds later, I have no clue what their name is. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, Victor is going to be at this meeting but in a professional capacity. And he told us not to let on that we knew this entire idea, like that we talked with him separately. Yeah, he was trying to keep it keep it quiet that that he's kind of pro the idea of, of seeing kind of where that cure could go. And he knows someone. If there's any legitimacy to it, but knowing that Dragonbone is necessary for that. Mm-hmm. And he knows someone who's working on it, though. Was what it was hinted at. Yeah, but like for the priests that using Dragonbone for that would be a no go. And, and correct, he's mm-hmm. at he works for the priest, or does he work for? Where's the sheet? <laughs> well, he's he's a member of the temple. Yeah. yeah, he's part of the temple. So he's gonna be at this meeting, but we're supposed to pretend like we don't know about him. I believe that he asked. That you not dis like not disclose the conversation that you had about the the ethics of okay you know so Faye just walk in and be like buddy old pal I see you at the tavern last night going for a couple drinks <laughs> Victor 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 <laughs> exactly I'm not trying to convince him of anything though <laughs> that's the convincing speech <laughs> you gotta say their name three times that's the trick of it. Okay, so the the Temple of Bahamut. You are led by Victor Woodstride and a couple of other regular paladin guards uh, up the huge series of steps uh, to Upper Boldbrook, and you immediately notice a difference in in the in the quality of the architecture, the cleanliness of the streets. Um, everything is very like very clean, very crisp, very well kept. Uh, the temple itself has a, a huge set of stone double doors that takes like a half a dozen individuals to to push open and closed. It's inside vaulted arched ceilings. It's a mixture of, of polished stone and marble. And you're led through this enormous cathedral uh, type area up these side stairs to a very narrow but very inviting hallway that's has this very resplendent sort of did I say resplendent already? Anyways, it's a nice hallway. Goes to a a study. And there are two guards standing outside of this study and they sort of make way, uh, recognizing Victor in the lead, and they just get out of the way. Victor knocks, you hear a gruff voice from within inviting you inside he opens the door you follow him in and in the study is a 
this gigantic hearth with a with a very warm fire. Uh, you can feel the heat even just from walking in. And behind this enormous wooden desk is a dwarf who is busy writing. He's got a stack of parchment papers next to him. He's writing something. He has like these heavy-duty spectacles on that he takes off as, as you enter, and he gets up from behind the desk. He has this this cane that he has, or a staff, I should say, crested with the holy symbol of Bahamut, and he walks with a limp out from behind his desk, and he says, Ah, Victor, thank you for bringing our new guests to meet me. And uh, Victor gives a nod, and he closes the door uh, behind. So it's just the six of you in the room now. And he introduces himself. He says, I'm Dane Ruby Eye. I'm the high cleric of this temple. I understand that you have some news pertaining to the predicament in Pharaoh's Point and the whereabouts of Kalira. And he turns around and picks up a page from his desk and he says, the four of you are, and he reads off the false names that you, that you all gave. And he sort of looks around to see who might be who. He says, who speaks for you? Who am I addressing? <laughs> we don't really have a leader of our little group. It's always been a bit of a... <clears throat> yeah, who's honestly going to answer that? Obviously, Faye would. Yeah. <laughs> she would step right forward. I speak on behalf of this merry group. And we all just groan. <laughs> First off, is it hot in here or just me? <laughs> now you're a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I kept thinking as soon as he said, you can feel the heat from the hearth and the fire. Yeah, I can just say it. So I'm Faye. I speak on behalf of this group. He looks back at the sheet. He says, that's not the name that I don't see this name, Faye, on this list of names that was given. Funny story. <laughs> so, though we did not mean to deceive you, we know that there's a lot of prying eyes and... Uh, Sorry, we did mean to deceive him. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Not him specifically. Well, no, but... Fine. <laughs> Though we meant to deceive you up to this point, <laughs> we know that there are a lot of prying eyes and listening ears who are not on Clara's side, and we are wanted by the Dragonborn, and they are hunting us down. So we had to provide false names in case anyone overheard our true names. He scratches his long very long gray beard and you can hardly see his eyes through like his big bushy eyebrows he nods slowly as you speak and then as you continue to speak he goes back around the desk and crumples up the piece of paper in his hand he throws it into the fire and he says well i tend to think if you're seeking the trust of a stranger there's no worse way to start out than by lying to them which is why we've come clean when we met you we only lied to the people at the entrance because, again, there were so many people around and we were in public. Kind of looks down at his feet and he's like, why are you here? We're here because there is a struggle, as you know, going on in Pharaoh's Point. And we are here on behalf of a rebellion that is growing within Pharaoh's Point to claim back Pharaoh's Point and find Clara. We have to find some way to bring her back and bring restore order 
because as far as I understand, it wasn't so crazy before, and now it's pretty crazy. So he looks up when you mention Clear, and he says you have some means of finding her and bringing her back? That's our quest. We have a way that we think that we can return her, but we need items, and our journey has led us here, and we're hoping to find an ally who can help us find these items or lead us in the right direction. Guys, Faye is on her game right now. <laughs> can, you, can you roll me a persuasion check? Can I? If I had my dice open, I could. <laughs> I thought you said you were ready and you lied right to my face. <laughs> I had everything else ready. She's going to roll like a 36 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 25? He's silent for a moment. And then he... Like his eyes... You can just see... Like, they're very cold and discerning. They look over each of you and he says, These items you require, tell me of them. Have you come to ask for charity? No. We don't want money. We don't want you to give us riches from your kingdom. We uh, have many things on our list, but only a few left. Uh, We understand that you can't necessarily provide us with all of them, but we are looking for help not necessarily even with what you can give us but what you can provide for us in keeping us safe and undercover and moving about around the city because Giladab Gil- would introduce himself yeah, properly throughout this process once I had the chance to be honest you know the whole Giladab spiel just fabulous to have a purveyor of you know, <laughs> items and gems all around you know, to the whole spiel real formal and nice um, and try and say more and simpler like um, rather than lie to you that would be very rude so let's just be upfront and say that uh we're not gonna tell you everything is that nice is that more polite it's like i'm not gonna lie to you so i'll be honest and say i can only tell you so much but we're not here for charity we're new to the area we have our own objectives to complete and having a warrant out on our heads means that we thought it was would be best to come, you know, straight to you um, and inform you of whatever elements we can in an attempt to form, you know, in co- in co- cooperative nature. And also to update you on the the fact that Kalir could be found, that we are finding new information out about her, and this that is possible. And yeah, it's not dire. There are people who are trying to reclaim Farrell's Point, who are trying to reclaim the kingdom. We have good reason to keep our contacts and associates secret and less necessary. Um, There's many eyes out there. We've already had an assassination attempt on us on the road here. So this, unfortunately, is going to have to be a (laughs) need-to-know relationship. I want to see how persuasive Gilly is. Okay. 19... He says, well, remarkably, I can appreciate someone being honest about withholding information. And he kind of laughs to himself in this low, gruff chuckle. And so your very ambitious quest leads you here. If you could ask one thing of me, what would it be? It's weird, though, because we kind of need, like, almost like a contact for the city. Like, this guy's all high up, and that's great but 
Well, we already have. We need like an NPC for like menial. Like, what are the rules with your temple people? Mm-hmm. Like, is it rude for like, hey, can we just have some ribs from the dragon bone or something? Like, well, well we had we Victor. said going into this that we weren't gonna ask for like bones from the city. Yeah, but we were going to try and get some information. Mm-hmm. We already got that information from Victor. He said he has somebody, and plus we have a Thieves Guild person coming at us sure, with these bones. I don't think you mentioned the bones at all. I think you go just be like, we're looking to make bonds. We're looking for safety. We're looking for shelter. Yeah, we're looking the to come temple. back. Yeah, we're looking for the support of the temple and to come the back discretion. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To come back through. I think if that you is hear the main anything. thing we ask for right now. We can always recontact him if it's like, okay, we need to tell you more and ask for more. But for now, it's more like an introduction and discretion, and maybe like. Yeah, so the one thing, in. yeah, the one yeah. thing I would be asking for is um, an ally. An ally. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. In, for now, yeah. We wanted to update him on what we knew was happening because there's lots of misinformation, and we wanted to be able to pass through his city safely to let him know what was happening and why these people, why we're here. Mm-hmm. So on, and yeah, to be upfront with clear supporters because. Yeah. And then you know, as things happen, if we need assistance, of course we could come to him and keep him updated. Vice versa. Yeah. yeah, for now, um, we are mainly here to ask, um, to introduce ourselves, to ask for your discretion, and seek assistance around town as we um, explore our options for free and clear. Of course. Freeing Kalira and returning her to the realm would be considered by most people to be perhaps the most important task that one could undertake at the present moment. I'm curious as to why the four of you believe yourselves to be up to this challenge. Because we already did step one. (laughs) (laughs) And through five. How common knowledge is the <clears throat> like the, all the all the old structures like underneath Pharaoh's Point? Oh, that's common. Yeah. Okay, so we could allude to say that like we you know we've already we realize this isn't just about Kalira, but the Kalira represents the bigger issue of this separation of the dragons and our realm. And we have already ventured deep under Pharaoh's point in, um, to, to, you know, to accomplish our goals. And, and, and uh, we will go to any stretch to finish this. You know, I don't know. I'm trying not to give away, like, specific details about what we were doing underneath. But I think it's pretty impressive even to mention that, like, we went under... Um, so I think speak up Spruce. Spruce, yeah, Spruce hasn't really said anything yet. So Spruce might kind of step in and introduce himself more formally and say, you know, my name is Spruce Lee. Um, I fought in the war loyal to Kalira. I fought alongside her and uh, Shigar Stoneskin and some other um, warriors that have made names for themselves that you will probably you probably know. Um, so hopefully that instills some confidence in you of where our uh, allegiance lies. When it, As far as why we think we're up to this task, it's not that we think that, uh, really. We, we started off as 
a group of people who maybe loosely knew each other, some of us, um, and were kind of by our circumstances thrown into this this situation that felt dire enough that we didn't really have an, any other option. It's not that we came into this saying, we're the ones, we're going to save the world, we're going to save Kalira. It's just at the time, it seemed like there was no other choice. So we did what we had to do, and here we are. Okay. Can we roll any insight on this guy? Like, is he just, we know he's... He's a nice guy. He's just really skeptical of us. I guess we lied and then worked our way in, and he is a temple guy. Victor did tell you that he's very mistrustful of people outside the temple. Okay, mm. yeah. He's also the high cleric of, like... The one temple. Of, one of, well, is this Boldbrook, still is, in the room with us? Boldbrook is, like, What's this creepy guy doing? doing? Victor? Yeah, he's just He closed the door and, like, left, didn't he? No, no, he's, he's in the room. He oh, the room. I thought he closed yeah. the door. Gildob just notices him and, and gives him a weird look. Like... Too many NPCs in this room. <laughs> it's an old gnomish saying. <laughs> I'm gonna. Spruce notices you noticing him and apologizes. I'm sorry we had to. We had to lie to you. Everything that. Uh, uh, oh no! Wait, we don't want to say that. Sorry, we had to lie to you. <laughs> That's all. The only thing <laughs> we, we led you all astray on was our names, and only because we were wanted. Mm-hmm. All of our other statements have been true. Well, you know what? Sometimes an apology is nice, okay? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes a song is better. Da, 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 da. <clears throat> no? <laughs> Tim doesn't even react. <laughs> it's like the fuck, Candace. <laughs> I think we both kind of like did the, <clears throat> like, cleared our throats at you. That's like, we're training you and it's inappropriate. It's, our little it's like you're clicking me in like you jab her in the neck with like, two we'll, we'll cough jab. when it's not socially appropriate. <laughs> well, this you think I'm not worthy? This one time I cut a few guys' heads off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not about that. That's not how I wrote it. He regards the holy symbol on the end of his staff for a moment, and he says, "So you you ventured beneath Ferris Point in contravention of the law." and have told me that you don't believe yourselves equal to the task ahead of you. And, and we fought, some of us fought in the war. <laughs> <laughs> you missed that part. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't think we're up for it. It's just, this isn't, we didn't choose this. I mean, we kind Fear's of Point was a miracle of people coming together after the war. And, and we're just a small group of that mixed group of different people coming together to support Ferris Point and that community. You know? <laughs> Sorry. Don't blame us. us. We, we don't look like much, but at least we're here trying to get it done. I am down for this after school special. I am I am genuinely intrigued by the four of you. I think your admission to breaking the law and to being wanting is actually curiously a mark of honesty. He uh, he looks at one of your rings as you're sort of gesticulating, and he says, "Would you, would you part with one of your rings? And may I ask what your price would be? I would very much like to have it from you now, if I could." He he goes back around his desk. He pulls a key from his beard and opens up a drawer. From his, in his beard, yeah, <laughs> and unlocks a drawer and he takes out a small 
satchel and he goes back around. He says, what just doesn't have to be a particularly special ring, but any any one ring that you feel that you can part with right now. I, I'm gonna, I want to roll a dice at this situation. Yeah, I feel that. Because human me doesn't know what's happening. And I'm going to make some numbers do some work. So I guess an insight check to be like, what? Sure. Can Spruce is also skeptical. So I'm gonna roll. 12 for my insight. Uh, 20. Okay, Gilladop thinks, like, clearly your rings will never fit on any of this guy's <laughs> sausage-like fingers. Um, like, maybe he's going to braid it into his beard. You do think it is kind of a tangent, but you can't, like, if he's working an angle, you're not sure what it is. Yeah, things come to mind are magical nefariousness. Spruce thinks this is some kind of personality test. If I do, if I notice that no ring would fit his fingers, that a ring isn't useful to him, I always have money in gem form. So I'd find a larger, heavier, but like cheap gem stone, not set into a ring, and offer that. And be like, you could use it as a paperweight or adorn your desk. And since it would be just a cheap thing, uh, I suppose I wouldn't actually ask for anything. Okay, he says, a gem also would be something suitable to adorn my desk, but I will not accept, I will not accept it as a gift. Oh. I do wish for the exchange. Well, then market value would be 10 gold. Okay. So he reaches a big mitt into this satchel and he like regards the coins in his hand and he hands you a stack and he says and he says is this fair he overpaid oh he did yeah he gave you 12 oh well no that's, that's not fair i would just take 10 from the stack and leave the two on his desk Gildab would be amply counting coin and stuff <laughs> and sleight of hand he says are you are you sure i'm confident that i counted correctly please count again do fancy hand tricks with the coins and go, nope, that just tens, fine. Hmm. Like when poker players, like, shuffle yeah. all the <laughs> chips together. <laughs> I even use my mage hand, so, like, I, I do some juggling, but it's just fake because I'm using a mage hand to make it float so it looks more impressive <laughs> than it is. <laughs> Don't have this sin of stealing from this guy, but I will showboat the heck out of it. <laughs> Right, okay. So he looks, he has a look of satisfaction of your refusal or acknowledgement that he, in fact, overpaid. And he sort of smirks. He's he, fine with my pridefulness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you correcting me. One, one final question. If you're going to be staying in my city, I'm sure Victor has told you that this place does not abide criminality. I would like some assurances that you are lawful individuals and that if you even saw a crime that you would do your best to intercede or that given the opportunity you would perhaps even exact the laws yourself that you would be comfortable with doing so. The jail for this town, for this city is underneath the temple part of it is underneath the temple. 
if I, say, had a thief jailed there, and the penalty was death, and I asked one of you to carry it out, what would you say? Faye would be just so confused because she keeps getting so many mixed messages on to kill and not kill people <laughs> from everyone around her. Yeah, it's kill like them, don't tough, kill but them. But if they're super guilty and you're absolute certain and that's the situation, then it might may, may be necessary. See, I, I think Faye would more feel like you have a team of people to carry out your laws and I, we will respect your laws and understand your laws. But to ask us to carry out a death penalty for laws in which we have no understanding seems very silly and <laughs> kind of almost, I would say, I'd like, I would straight out like you're testing us in some weird way because. <laughs> I kind of like that we all have different answers. It's like, yes, we all, we all think slightly differently to your, to your question, which is why none of us are in a position to make these decisions. <laughs> As leader of this group. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> he again nods slowly and he says, very well. I have found our discussion to be enlightening in several ways. I choose to believe the things that you're saying about why you're here. And given the importance of your task ahead, whatever that specific nature of it happens to be, it carries equal importance. And therefore, he looks over the four of you to Victor and he says, Victor, these four will be in your care. And I bid you good day. Good day. I just, <laughs> I don't know where. I do, a, I do a flourishing bow and just kind of walk with my back to Victor towards Victor. And... You, you moonwalk away from yeah. <laughs> Dane is back to writing on this enormous piece of parchment on his desk. So is Victor going to lead us out of the room now? Yeah. Are we in the hallway? Yeah, you're in the hallway. He walks with you away from like the other guards that were out there. And we're on our own now? Yeah. Because do we have like a little moment with Vic where it's like, yeah, so, so, so really sorry about lying before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say like, how do you think that went in there? Like we... Again, I'm sorry we we lied about who we were, but not about our mission. And I know we talked earlier. I yeah, maybe say, you. like, you know, while we weren't honest about our names, when we talked last night at the at the at the inn or whatever, everything we said, we spoke the truth. It's only it was only the names that was it. It's like a weird relationship thing, right? I know I put that on my Tinder account or whatever, but it's not exactly true. <laughs> Victor kind of waves it off and he says, I I understand the reality of the way that the world is. Dane, for all of his strengths, sees the world as how he would like it to be, trying to force it to fit a certain narrow set of laws. So I understand that some falsehoods are necessary to protect yourselves and some deceptions serve a purpose. So I understand. Thanks, Vic. <laughs> it's Victor. Dane, <laughs> Dane has given leave for me to essentially be your NPC. To, <laughs> to be your NPC. <laughs> <laughs> to help you while you're here. And so if you choose not to stay at the at the wandering jester, I might be able to find different accommodations for you if that's not to your liking. But the more I should say, 
that the more you come and go from Upper Boldbrook may seem, you may draw more attention to yourselves. People who go to Upper Boldbrook typically are going to the shrine or they're part of the temple. And not many people go up other than that, unless they're wealthy merchants. So if you don't have the look about you of any of those groups, then you're mm. going to stand out. Okay, so I would say to him, well, mm. what accommodations work better for the work that we discussed last night? You think that it'd be best for us to stay in Lower Boldbrook if we're going to continue with that path? He nods. He says, I do think Lower Boldbrook would be best. Before you go, he's, he says, did you really do those things that you said? And more. <laughs> says, you went underneath, like to the underground? Did you not hear my song last night? Oh, you missed my song last night. And he says, wow, I, my uh, assessment of you was lacking, I must say. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could ask him, like, does the temple, just for, does the temple know, like, sites that still have dragon bone that hasn't been recovered? Because I'm sure they, like, look to recover things, so maybe they know of a few places. Yes, they know They know of, of the places that are not terribly far from here, but several days' journey into very, very dangerous places. Mm-hmm. And Dane's help to you would be to suggest going to a place like that, a place of incredible danger, where you would have to accomplish what no one has before. He, this guy has an inn to get dragon bones. He's been using it to make the new life cure. He's been working on it. His well, friend, right? Out, but I don't think he has dragon Yeah, that's an important clarification. Know, he I'm not really I don't want to steal the whole city dragon. It's a whole complete. No, I don't. But I thought he had an ac- access to dragon bones that he'd been doing work with it. No, he has somebody who believes that with this missing ingredient that they can make a cure. For some reason, I thought he had dragon bone with him and or a connection to get dragon bone already. There, are, there are a number of other like-minded individuals that see things the way that you and I see them. That the shrine offers people comfort, but that it could provide something far greater if we had the will to do what had to be done. Well, I mean, we already talked to the temple. We could, you could you hear what these guys got to say. <laughs> I don't want to go off on a, a dangerous quest to try and get some dragon bone. I mean, like, to the ones that no one's survived from. I'd much rather try and procure it in a more of a social and or theft way. <laughs> Not in a city, necessarily. Yeah, because I was going to say, in this city, certainly, based on the conversation we just had, trying to steal a dragon bone is, must be punishable by death. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm more so in the mindset of, like, he knows people who procure black market or do certain things, or they trade for it, and we, instead of procuring it, steal it from those people. Yeah, I kind of feel like we might have to leave the city to get it if we don't want to steal Like, it's just the one complete gold dragon if you don't want to steal that dragon. But these people have to know people. Like, this, this is a hub of people coming through. Right, and we have your thieves girl Marigold coming through. She might know who has these. How do we do this? It's a thieves guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, we might have to do somewhat of a trip outside of town, which but. is fine. I just more so mean I don't want to go to like the dangerous dead zones. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. it's up to you guys. I'm just saying, as Faye wouldn't want to, she. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to find some sort of middle ground or or more detailed information. So we're not just like 
well, let's just wander up to the giants and we'll just demand dragon bone. <laughs> we, yeah, we need more information, mm-hmm. I think. Marigold, I think, is our next. Yeah, and it seems like uh, Victor has his own kind of thing going on. All right, so you said that you were going to go to find Marigold to get information on a... She's going to find us, I thought. Because you want information on black market sources? That, I think, would be one one thing, if she can help us in any other way. She's going to know more about the procurement of things that aren't supposed to be procured of in the city than Victor will, necessarily. Hmm. Wouldn't it, going back to our room and maybe we're at our room now, aren't we? Let's say yes. Okay. (laughs) So being in our room and the wait, did you jettison Victor or was he brought along with the fast travel? No, I think we left. I was like, how did I get here? (laughs) Dildog's ditching. Are we gonna? Are we gonna do this thing? Oh God! Because Victor's working with some outside guy to create a new life care, then that's pretty against the temple, right? Like. So who is he working for? You find well, he's not working for anyone, but he has a. Well, come on! I don't take Victor as like a guy who just organized on his own to start developing a new life cure. No, I I don't think so either. I think it was more that he's he knows someone who who believes this to be the case. This is kind of what we talked about at the bar, right? He knows someone who believes that they have this cure if they can find Dragon Bone, and he's. But, like, isn't he a member of the temple? But he's associating with people that are, like, against it. So then it just makes me think he's, like... The idea is that he believes in the reverence and the comfort of the religion, but not... He's a, he's also, a, like, a guard security guy. He's not, hmm. like, he's not a holy man himself. He's, he's a paladin, so he has... Yeah, he's sworn an oath. And but he's his, the captain. Yeah. He's so the he's captain breaking of the, the guard. rules by being involved in all this. Yeah. And, like, I just don't think he's the mastermind... So it leads me to think that, like, if he knows a guy with the care, Victor's not, doesn't seem like a mastermind. Who else is involved with his side of this thing? All, like, all he seemed to imply to me was he's part of a like-minded group of individuals who believe in the, that this will help the greater good. Therefore, it trumps the yeah. laws that they believe in. It was that there was a so similar. I was really curious about who those people mm-hmm. are. And it maybe it us. would be best to contact Marigold because, if anything, then maybe she could even give us information on who he's associated with mm-hmm. or if she's heard anything or the thieves have heard anything about this new life care. That's maybe nice. that's the, the next part to investigate. It's tough going into, like, a new city when there's all these, like, different people and you, you don't want to jump in one direction any, like, too strongly. It's mm-hmm. like, who are you? Who, who are you guys? Like, <laughs> what are you doing over there? Just trying to get a read of this place. I'll say because last time Gildab had left a message in Thieves' Cant somewhere that you receive a, a response to that message and that you can meet up with Marigold in the Wandering Jester in the tavern that evening. Are you going to do anything? Because this was kind of like your meeting took place in the morning. So that would... Is there... Any stuff that you'd want to do through the day, or I'm just go back and check on that that short bow I was going to buy. I'll oh. write music in my room. Okay, so yes, you did go to Bloodbath and Beyond <laughs> to look at some magic weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like a plus one short bow was two fifty, and then a plus two was five hundo. I'm gonna want to invest big money into a big 
big weapon. So you're gonna go with a plus two? Yeah. Woo! Damn. Upgrade my my bows. It's gonna use sneaky bows. Were you wanting to buy like a magic longbow? How much is it? Because I think you were considering either that or ammunition. Yeah, that's right. And you do have some plus one ammunition right now. I think you've got like ten. Yes, I do. Maybe I'll get three. Three plus three. Cool. So maybe I'm, I'm thinking while these guys are out shopping, Faye stayed, stayed back to write some music. Um, I think it would be a good time to connect with the brain trust, tattoo trust guys. Um, trying to remember who all it is. Nestor, Martin, Elwin, and Elasha. Okay. So I'm going to call all of them um, and basically just say we're in Boldbrook. We have met with uh, Dane. Met with Dane and with um, uh, Victor. I won't necessarily say anything about, you know, that, well, I, I could say we may have a connection to to some dragon bones. We don't really know yet, but I'm wondering if anyone here has any insight into either of these, these people. Um, presumably Dane being the high cleric is pretty well known throughout the regions, especially considering he's the high cleric of Boldbrook, which is a very central city, right? So... Um, yeah, just see if there's any insight in, into these people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Martin offers up that he's never heard of Victor Woodstride. I don't know that Nestor would have too much to contribute. Um, Elisha also has not heard of him. And Elwin wouldn't have either. So he's kind of an unknown factor. Mm-hmm. Elwin knows a fair amount about Dane. And Elwin tells you, well... Dane has been high cleric for at least 10 years, and he comes from a dwarf clan that lives in the nearby mountains to the north. Now they control, his clan controls a considerable amount of wealth from the mining that they do in those mountains. So they, his, his clan is, you may see a high number of dwarves in the temple as a result of him being there and the weapons and armor that they're able to make from the substance that they mine makes them very, um, a very formidable combat force, although they haven't really had an enemy to fight, but it's likely one of the reasons why the dragonborn haven't bothered going up there because it'd be too much trouble for very little strategic value. What is the substance that they mine? Mithril. Ooh. There's also a, a stone giant that lives just north of the city named Garrix, who also sees himself as sort of a protector of the city, although mo- he mostly keeps to himself. And really the city needs no other protectors other than the temple and the Rubii clan. Dane is a very severe, severe individual and sees the world through the laws of the temple as he interprets them. I don't know that everyone would interpret them as strictly as he does. 
Elasha says that dwarves notoriously hold grudges <laughs> for very, very long periods of time. Mm. So good, let's, good let's try not to cross this guy, basically, is what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, don't piss off the dwarf, and nobody knows much about this Vic guy. Don't piss off the dwarf with the army. <laughs> That's the, ar- the well-equipped army. But also a possible takeaway that he might be a little more like stern or like to the letter of the law than some of his other family members yeah and that he could be a valuable resource obviously if we do stay on his good side he's a powerful ally but not an easy person to to trust completely in someone dwarves live long lives and so if it takes them a year to fully trust someone what's that to them Oh, okay. So that's all that's happening. The purchases, the meeting, and then you guys are just going to wait for this getting together with Marigold. Sounds good. I might, once Gilly gets back, um, just maybe uh, send a message. No, wait. Who has the parchment that goes to Shigar? Do I have I think I, I might. Or do you have both? I think I have both. <laughs> okay. So once you get back, maybe just write a quick message to Shigar asking, does the name uh, Victor Woodstride mean anything to you? Let's see, okay. see if we get a response from that. I scribble that up. Mm-hmm. You kill some time through the afternoon writing songs. The other three of you just listen to <coughs> Faye strum her ukulele, strum her Palti's lute. <laughs> the dog seems to not mind it. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Dog's warming up to me. I didn't say that. <sighs> Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> Evening rolls around. Uh, you have a meal at the uh, at the tavern, the Wandering Jester, just floor or two below you. And you really remark on like how good the food is. It's like... You think that the magical quality of the dragon bones like also works its way into the food, so it's like one of the more nourishing meals that you've had. Nice. And at some point, a halfling female comes and sits down at your table and nods to Giladob and then introduces herself as Marigold to the rest of you. What instruments are being played in the background? Who's there? Who's performing? It's like a xylophone. by somebody who can mage hand a third xylophone thingy Uh, a third hammer I like it okay I'm just feeling music okay so she says yeah I'm glad to see you all you took a little bit longer to get here than I thought hopefully your travels weren't too difficult Martin told me to expect you so here I am and he instructed me to give you Something that he owed to the gnome, and she gives you a small satchel that has um, platinum in it, equal to 330 gold pieces, which was the sum of money for the other part of the gem. Mm. Minus the horses and his 10%? Yep. It's 330? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, talking to Marigold. Um, I thank her for the, the payment and secure that in my person. And then just in your person, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my person. Thanks for the payment, Marigold. 
<laughs> right in the middle of the tavern, no shame. <laughs> they have to get polished somehow. So. It's a known thing. Gilly's <laughs> just sitting there, like, wiggling you know, as, as, as he polishes. Shoves it right into the handball. <laughs> you keep stoned. <laughs> Roll in our thirties. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. huh. Sorry, I derailed you a little bit there. I apologize. I guess I asked some like fairly common questions of Marigold. Just that, um, you know, we got here so far. We're safe. It seems like we haven't been spotted. Um, but if she has any information on, you know, if if anyone's seen agents or anything like that, of course we'd want to know, like, if any dragonborn uh, were spotted. Uh, and I'd ask about, like, the people we've met, so about Dane and about um, Vic, Victor, <laughs> and if she knows anything about them or, um, like, the factions that are working in within the city. So she tells you that, unsurprising that no dragonborn have been spotted near the city. Uh, they they don't blend in too well. There's a competing thieves guild that's trying to get a foothold in Boldbrook. They're having a difficult time uh, because the paladin guard is like hyper vigilant because they're also like trying to keep out people with any symptoms of the new life affliction. Mm. or the serum itself, the elixir. And she said that uh, in terms of about Dane, she doesn't tell you anything that you don't already know. Um, Spends almost all of his time, virtually all of his time, either in the temple or the shrine. Victor is kind of the opposite. He spends a lot of time, uh, perhaps the most time out of any members of the paladin in Lower Boldbrook and spends a lot of his time with people who are not other paladins. I suppose I would share the bit of information that he has claimed to know someone who's like working towards a cure and that he hasn't given up too much information directly. Maybe if there's any like free agents or if he could ever be like tailed, it'd be useful to know uh, people he's, he's interacting with. She says she can help out in that regard. Does she know anyone that can get us Dragonbone? Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> if you happen to... You got any Dragonbone on you? <laughs> I don't think she... <laughs> she laughs. <laughs> yeah. You're funny. She says, uh, well, that... I mean, occasionally you find somebody trading or selling small quantities. So if you're... I mean, it's not... It's not impossible to get your hands on some, but the amount that you're talking about could take you many months of hard work to accumulate that, unless unless you became extremely lucky. Well, what kind of people like would be like buying dragon bone? Alchemists, wizards. We know a wizard. We don't. We know of a wizard close by. <laughs> We're on our way to see one, aren't we, up in the, well, possibly yeah, the tall it, hill? Yeah. Eventually. Well, we also wanted to ask her about the, the sort of group of people that 
Victor talked about, right? Yeah, so I guess that's where I was going with, um, like, you know, she says he does a lot of dealings in, in lower regions, so maybe, you know, if we could have him followed for a bit or keep an eye on him so you can find out the people he's interacting yeah. with. Well, even, because it seems like when he talked about there's a whole group of them, maybe she knows about this. Mm-hmm. Well, she so far hasn't had any reason to, like, spy on Victor, so... Okay. Something that she could find out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Seen any dragons in the sky? I forgot about that. Just gets louder at that point. <laughs> Just like quietly, like, yeah, my, my, my. but have you seen any dragons in the sky? <laughs> what happened on the road to remember? Yeah, we haven't asked about that at all. Anyway. Should have asked that one, Brita. Should have asked her about that. She's a ranger that's always around the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might run into her again. Yeah. Maybe she's <laughs> at the bar right now. They look around for Brita. <laughs> Maybe let's hear what Marigold's response is first. <laughs> You're like, you see any dragons? And then you just walk Hi. away. <laughs> and then you start looking around the room. <laughs> Like it's unimportant what she has to say. Or like you're looking for one. Like you're just book. making conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see any dragons or whatever? <laughs> I don't know, whatever. So, no, she, she hasn't seen any. Um, she looks worried, like, what? Uh, why? I'm <laughs> just making conversation. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It was a late night, maybe. I was just a bit off, but. It's where I saw a large object flying through the sky. I actually wrote down that Brita often can be found at the uh, the Wandering Jester, so maybe she's around. Yeah. I need that. <laughs> yeah, she's around. Yeah, she's there. <laughs> I just make a note that she's there to talk to her and like, you know, catch hilarious. her at some point. No other questions for Marigold, then? No. Yeah, no. Oh. I don't know what else that. No, thanks for the information. She'll be in touch via the following of Victor. Mm-hmm. And do visit the shrine. It is it is quite a surreal experience. Mm. So maybe tomorrow we should go to the shrine. Check that out as tourists. Mm-hmm. See this surreal experience. Yeah. Maybe we'll just like go to check it out and be like, you know, this would be really easy to just rob. Like yeah. we'll just Maybe we just take it now. Go in ill prepared. No guards. We just fold out the portable hole. We slowly pack it in there. I just put you all in it with it. I take them out. Forget to give us air. Yeah, I guess I can't think of much else to say to Marigold, but I would like to. I mean, it sounds like a good enough idea to, to talk to. Um, maybe we should send the ranger yeah, to talk to the ranger. To make a great first impression, I don't think. You're but in uh, small groups, yeah. right? Yes. I don't want to corner her. What are you asking, Brita, about? <clears throat> Mostly if she's just seen any dragons in the area lately. Or flying things. Yeah, anything, anything abnormal in the sky. She. <clears throat> Hang on a sec. Can everybody make a perception check for me, please? going to be an 8 for Spruce. 19. 16. 14. So you ask her about seeing dragons? 
Is that correct? Well, I think first I'll try and be like slightly charismatic and apologize for being so curt the first time because I was very rude to her. So, um, I'm just trying to I'll reintroduce things. myself and be a little nicer. Um, but yeah, I'll just basically ask if she's well, she's been out. If she's like noticed anything abnormal, anything flying in the sky, that's atypical. So she like kicks a chair at her table. Uh-oh. So okay. push it out so oh. free to sit down. I thought this was an angry kick. And then she like leans in close and she says, I thought I was going crazy seeing that. Ooh. I did see something in the night sky and I just thought my eyes were deceiving me. When was this? Was it the night before last? Do you know what it was? It resembled the wings of a dragon, but I did not hear it make any sort of cry or roar or did not see it come down from, from the sky. It's simply up there gliding. And, like, was this in town or was it out in the wilderness or how close was it to, to Boldbrook? I was, I was out in the wilderness, perhaps a day's travel from here. And she leans in a bit closer and she says, I recognize your sword. From where? How do you... Did you steal it from someone? I don't even remember. It's like from Rainer, from when we killed Rainer. Yeah. <laughs> we recovered it from those spidery things. Spider shell right? things. Spider crabs. Right. And she points to your short sword. Uh. Oh. What's your short sword? Do you have a fancy new one, or this is? I think it's just that, right? Yeah, that's the only thing I have. Okay. Yeah, I got it at Dan's discount. Before. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common model. The B seven. It's not common. You did not. That sword was passed down to you, wasn't it? Or did you find it on a a corpse? Oh jeez, I don't know. It just says short sword. No, 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 no. Family in like the equipment. <laughs> Dead father's sword. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Forgot about my dead father. Forgot, about, uh, yeah. I forgot that I had a father. I tried to repress it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it's a family sword, yeah. Before any further words are said, Gilladob is the first one to see two very noticeable figures enter. And they immediately make the three of you at the table. Marigold has since departed. Mm-hmm. And a dwarf carrying two hammers stands up on a table and he says, People of the Wandering Jester, oh. in your midst, criminals bringing in new life into your city. And behind him is Cliff Muscles with tire tracks on his chest. <laughs> oh my god. 